those forgotten tools that we have, um, and, uh, and we don't practice it very often. I can tell you right now, I've only been on one fast this year for three days, and, um, and it was amazing. I'll smile. <laughs> you know, we all know how fasting is, and it's probably why it's not taught on so much, because nobody really likes doing it. Um, it's, it's, I mean, if we're just honest with ourselves and we hear the word fast and like, oh, I got to fast for three days, we'll do it for a day. And then we just don't, we're not faithful with it. And, um, and that's just being real. Uh, you know, that we've all been there, right? Like I'm fasting. I have all the best intentions to do it. And then all of a sudden I, I get to fasting and, and I, I do it for a day and it's nine o'clock at night. And yeah, here we go. Make that late night trip out to Taco Bell or, or something because we just don't have the willpower or the strength to do it anymore because of the world we live in today. So um, let's go ahead and scripture. Moreover, when ye fast. Now I want you to know something that Jesus never really specifically talks about the subject of fasting in the sense like you have to fast. It's something that's assumed through the scriptures because, moreover, when ye fast, it's something that we're supposed to be doing. He, he's talking about it as if we're already doing it, right? So when you fast, just letting you guys know you need to fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad continence, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. So what are they doing? They're, they're a bunch of fakes. I like to call them plasticostals. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thine face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which, is, which, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now if you could go back to the prior verse. One more. And at the bottom where it says, they have their reward. What is their reward? The people who fake it. They, they put it all over their face, and, and they, it looks like they've been out in the wilderness, and they're starving, but really that morning they had breakfast, they party, they were doing whatever, and then they just kind of went out to their backyard and threw some dirt on their face, and, and, they came, and they came to church in the presence of the Lord, and they're like, I've been fasting so Do you see this? Do you, do you yeah, can, can you feel what I'm feeling right now? And, um, and that's, that is what a hypocrite does. That is somebody who will get the reward from men. You may be seated. And what is that reward? That men will look upon them and say, wow, what a great spiritual leader we have right here. I don't know why my voice just went country, but the... But they'll say, man, he, he's for real. This guy is for real while the guy in the back who looks clean like nothing's going on is fasting and praying in secret. And everybody else is looking at this guy that says, oh, he's fasting. He's praying. Look at him. Just look at him. He, he, looks, he looks like he's, he's playing the part. And then we see the guy, or actually we don't see the guy who's fasting, but God sees them. And, they reward, and then the reward is open. And you see things open up in that person's life. And you're wondering why things aren't opening up in this other person's life. And that person's probably wondering the same thing because he's a fraud. One thing that the world hates is frauds. And one thing that will make you more genuine, the most genuine Christian is if we get a hold of fasting 
Fasting and prayer is where authenticity comes from when you're a Christian. If you want to be an authentic Christian, then it takes some real sacrifice. And I will say this, that in our current culture, um, you know, we, we go on like media fasts, we go on these other fasts uh, where we kind of like purge some things out of our life, but the real fast that is talked about in the word of God has to deal directly with food. Food. Why? Because it's what directly feeds our flesh. There's a reason why it's taught this way, and there's a reason why there's, a, there's an emphasis on what we feed our body, what we feed our carnal flesh. Pastor Sapp used to say something to me that always stuck with me. Um, if you have two dogs fighting, the one that you feed more is going to win. That's what your flesh is like. Whatever one you feed more is going to win. If I am constantly feeding my carnality, then that is what's going to win over my spirituality. It will win every time. I will have carnal thoughts. I know that when I am... When I'm just marinating in my carnality with binge-watching whatever on Netflix or being on YouTube, playing video games, and not giving any real conscious thought to the Lord, that I get upset easier. I'm in, I'm in rage a bit quicker. I'm a bit sharper with the tongue. I'm, I know that I'm not giving godly attributes in my relationships and not even in my relationship with God or godly relationships. I know that in my carnality... And in my flesh, that I am not right with God. But because I have been feeding it, I'm saying, oh, wow, maybe I should go up to the altar and pray. Or maybe I should, I should get into the word or, or whatever. But, hey, that uh, <laughs> Netflix just asked me if I'm still watching. Will I click that button? Yes, I will. You know, and we binge watch and we, uh, and we allow things to get into our lives that that take over and take the time of our life. The one thing that we will never get back is time, right? We can never have time back. It's the one thing we can't refund. We, we, can't, we, we, we can't escape it. Eventually, time catches up with us. Time is the most powerful thing that you have in your presence right now. And what you do with that time will make you who you are. So if I'm spending it on, on carnal things, then that will make me a carnal person. If I spend it on spiritual things, then that will make me a spiritual person, someone who is entwined with God and God's purpose. Fasting is overlooked, even though it's one of the most important things when it comes to getting closer to God. It can also be looked as, as an impossible task in this world that we live in today. You know, when we... When we're honest with ourselves and we say, hey, um, you know, we're going to start fasting and you can't eat for what, however many days, it, it can look like a task that's overwhelming. How many people have been overwhelmed with the idea of fasting for multiple days? Whew. Oh, yeah. It can be overwhelming, right? There's no way. I have an eight-hour work week, uh, you know, sitting at a desk, doing really not too much, but it's eight hours of working. Um, you know, I'm just kidding. But some of the stuff that we do, and we, we justify all these reasons why we can't fast, even though in the Old Testament, most of the men there were tradesmen. They were farmers, they were carpenters, they were builders, they were sculptors, and they fasted. And those were exhausting professions. Those were professions used with your hands. Those were professions that used a lot of energy and a lot of strength. So we need to get, we need to get rid of the mentality of I can't, right? The, the, the word that says I can't needs to just kind of 
be removed. And the word says, I'm going to do this, needs to replace it. I can do this. The very first thing that we do, and I'm just going to give some real practical things about fasting. And this even goes to people who might have um, some dietary uh, disorders or maybe you're hypoglycemic, hyperglycemic, uh, diabetic. doesn't matter. Uh, if you're one of those categories when it comes to eating, you know your body better than anybody else. So you can still fast food. You just have to understand what your limits are but still be participating in fasting, right? I'm sure, I'm sure Tiffany, she, she's a diabetic. I'm sure she's fasted and, and she knows her limits better than her doctor does, right? And, and she, she, because she, she what? She wants to fast. She wants to please God. She wants to be closer to God. So she's going to do everything she possibly can uh, to, uh, to fast and to please God in this area of their life. So the very first thing that we do is we have to set an objective, do I fast just to fast? Well, most of the time, fasting has a purpose. I have to set an objective. Well, what is that objective? Why are you fasting? Is it for spiritual renewal? Is it for guidance? Is it for healing? Uh, for a resolution of a problem? Um, for special grace? Um, you know, in, in certain uh, difficult circumstances? How many people here have prayed because something has been going on in their life that they are just so tired of that they have to fast for it? Right or or your one one of mine I fast for my family all the time that one day they'll be saved that they'll walk through these doors and and they'll worship God alongside me and that that's one of the things that I fast about the most and and um and other things that go on like a death in the family or or just trauma that's going on in someone's life these are some of the big things that we fast for and so once we figure out what we're fasting for, the very next thing is to what? To make the commitment to fast. You have to make that commitment. You can't break the commitment to fast. And we break commitments all the time to God, right? God, if, if you do this one thing for me, then I'll never do that. How many times have we said that to God? Never do that, right? I'll always be good person. Um, and, and that's something that we have to get out of our mind. We have to make our commitment stay. We have to pray about what kind of fast we should undertake. A lot of times it has to do with food. Nowadays you can do media fast. Nowadays you can, you can do whatever is encroaching in your life that you're spending more time on. But I'm going to stick with the one that has to do with food. And the reason why is because biblically that's the one that is talked about, right? Food. And it's the biggest thing in our lives, especially as Americans, where we can just go right down the street and get food. Um, usually not the best food, but it's still food. So what, so what are we trying to undertake when we make a commitment? The very first thing is, this is my goal. How long am I going to fast for? Make a commitment. One time, I, the longest fast I've ever been on, me personally, is uh, 10 days. It's the longest. And I will say this. It started off as a three-day fast. And I was like, Lord, if I make it through these three days, just love me forever. Remember me, you know? Um, and I made it through the three days. And to let you know, just after those three days, everything became a lot easier. And I went a whole other week. And they say when fasting, the first three days are the hardest. 
It's where you start going through your, your, your sugar withdrawals, your food withdrawals, your, the, the crankiness within your flesh, your flesh being like, hey, it's that time. You need to feed me. And on the third day, your flesh finally says, all right, do what you want. Um, I'm submitted to you. But it is going to war against you for those three days. Those first three days is an absolute battle, especially if you're at work and your coworker brings in donuts or some type of really good food, and you're like, I can't, I can't do it. And you're like, yes, I can. <laughs> like, that's usually what happens, right? Those coworkers. Satan knows when you're on a fast. So, so understanding how long I want to go, and I would recommend, you know, whatever you're comfortable with to work yourself. Don't start off with a 40-day fast. Obviously, you will die instantly. Um, after day two, 40 days, like, <laughs> it's a long time. So uh, start small so that you understand what you're getting yourself into. Uh, once you make that commitment, how many days I'm going to go, let's say it's a three-day fast. The next thing I'm going to do is prepare for that three-day fast. Well, how do I prepare for a three-day fast? Well, the day before, I'm going to eat the biggest meal possible because I know that i got to survive for three days without eating, right? That's the next thing I'm going to do. Yeah, you're going to die. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The, um, so what you have to do is what? Is you have to wing yourself off of food. So actually, two days before, you need to actually stop eating um, heavy foods like meats. You have to stop. And this is what they actually did in the Old Testament as well before they would go on long fasts. Um, actually, the, the Daniel fast style is, is, was actually preparation to fasting. That's why they kind of knew what the Daniel fast was, uh, where, where God was like, hey, you know, you can have pretty much vegetables. And then they've modified you know, we modify it because we're like, yeah, because we can have fish too, right? That's still Daniel's fast. In reality, it's raw vegetables. Um, and, and so that's usually what you would start off with, raw vegetables. You would, you would go into raw vegetables. You'd go into salads. You'd go into the, the heaviest thing would be an egg of some kind. And you would do that for two days and then, go, and then maybe even juice. And then you would go into your fast. You're weaning your body off slowly of solids. And then once you were, and then once you began your fast, what was your main purpose? What was your main goal? The biggest thing was to get closer to the one that you were, for the reason why you were fasting, right? That reason why I fast is so that I can get closer to the, closer to the one that can grant me the miracle that I need in my life. That's what it was for. And if you... If we look at the examples that Jesus gave us when he was fasting, you know, it's one of the most powerful tools to defeat Satan. One of the most powerful things that you could do in your life to defeat Satan. Why? Because you're getting, you can't defeat him by yourself. It, it does not happen. If you are in a carnal mind, you cannot defeat him. Even, even if you're the most spiritual person in the world, there is no real defeating him unless God is with you. And the closer you are to God... The more that you separate yourself from your flesh, and the only way to separate yourself from flesh is through what? Is fasting. Why? Because it's the only thing that you can do on this earth to weaken your flesh. And that's why it's so important for food, uh, fasting food, because when I'm fasting food, fasting in prayer, because we don't just want to fast and not pray, right? Because that doesn't benefit anybody. 
Um, that just makes you angry. That's called starving yourself. We don't want to starve ourselves. We want to have a purpose. Uh, and if I'm not eating food, I'm going to be in the purpose of the prayer closet and whatever I need. So it's one of the most powerful things that we have against Satan. When Jesus came up against Satan, what was he, what was Jesus doing? He was fasting. He was in prayer. He was in the word of God. When Jesus defeated Satan, right? Because Satan had no idea who Jesus was at that time. He had no idea who he was standing in front of. God Almighty manifested in flesh. He just saw maybe a prophet. It was hidden from Satan's eyes. He had no idea who that was standing in front of him. And he said, hey, I'll give you the world. I'll give you everything. Look at all this stuff that I can give you. I'll give you world peace. Sure, whatever, I can do that for you. And the only way that Jesus was able to defeat Satan right there that moment in time without revealing who he was to him was through the word of God. So through fasting and prayer and then getting in the word of God, you are able to take on Satan himself. Why? Because when I start stripping away this flesh and I start getting to the things that really matter in my life, whatever I am praying for, whatever I am fasting for, God, my family, oh, the... the, the, the someone who is sick that I know at work, or my friends. The things that really matter. Lord, help myself become more spiritual or more in touch with the kingdom of God. Let me get closer to you. And the more that we get closer to God, the more what happens that we begin to align ourselves with the kingdom of God. Why? Because I'm closer to God. And all of a sudden the things, I'll tell you this, uh, when when I was doing my 10-day uh, my fast, you know, it, it started off with a three-day and I just continued on. It was water only. And I've never felt better in my life, physically, um, emotionally. Uh, when it came to the subject that I wanted to tackle within my life, uh, I've never felt stronger. And I've never felt chains break from my life more when I started just actively fleeing from, from the things that were hindering me in my life because I was in prayer. I looked forward to reading the word of God. I looked forward to getting into my closet and praying and getting down on my knees. And I looked forward to going out and giving Bible studies and doing the work of the Lord. I've never felt closer to God at any time than in those moments. Never. And I've never felt more unstoppable in, in the kingdom of God than in those moments as well. And that's not to say things didn't come against me. It's just when they came against me, I didn't care because I knew who was behind me. And, like, think, and you know, one thing that always happens is that when you start living for God, you start getting down in prayer, start getting into the word of God, and you start fasting and feeling the power of God on your life. The one person who's going to ramp up his attacks on your life is Satan. Why? He wants to keep you down. He wants to hold you down. He doesn't want you to, to realize your full potential. He doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants you in the four walls of the church, never doing anything outside the four walls of the church, praying in these altars and stuff. That's for you. But your personal responsibility to this world is to go win the world. We can't just stay here and do that. That's not how this works. Matter of fact, one of the 
one of the worst things we possibly did through history was to put church between in four walls. Before then, what, what was it? They were having church wherever they possibly could. Wherever they could. Underneath the tree, out in the... <laughs> out, just out wherever they were eating. Just anywhere there would be a Bible study. But we have trained our minds, especially in Western society, that, that the only place you can have church is right here. And we've conditioned ourselves wrong. Maybe we need to fast about that. I don't know. So preparing yourself spiritually for fasting. A lot of times we go into fasting with a terrible attitude. I know I've done that before. Where I'm like, next week's fasting. Better get it all in this week. You know, <laughs> here we go. No, go into fasting encouraged. Because you are going to be closer with God. Go into it knowing that God is going to be there supporting you and that your goal is to see or to seek his face and his blessings and, and all the things that you want done or that you want him to do in your life. Go in spiritually ready. Go in with the proper attitude. If you go in with the wrong attitude, nothing is ever going to happen. Lord, I fasted three days. Nothing happened. Where are you at? I've done that before. I don't know if anybody else has. Nothing happened after my fast because you were expecting something from the beginning that it was going to happen when you came in with the wrong attitude for it to happen. You cannot have the wrong attitude when it comes to God. You have to go in with what? With the attitude of, I am going to love this. The attitude that, I, Lord, I can't wait to feel your peace when I'm, when I'm fasting and when I'm praying. I can't wait to feel your joy. I can't wait to be in your presence. I can't wait, God, to, to, to sacrifice all of this stuff that I have in my life just so I can have some time with you. And I can't wait to be close to you, to the one who is my strong tower, my shelter, my, my home when I am struggling, my, my hill, my strength, all of these things, the lily in the valley. I can't wait to be next to the one who posted himself on the cross for my sins. And the only way I get closer to that is by sacrificing the one thing that really feeds my flesh, and that is food. That is food. And it's such a struggle even now to talk about. Why? Because when you talk about taking away someone's food, those are fighting words. Like if I haven't eaten in a while, yeah, I might eat you, you know? Like it could get bad. And if you don't think so, just don't eat for a day. See what happens to your spouse. See what happens to the person you live with. See what happens to your kids. We all know. And it's just to come in with the proper attitude about it. Fasting is just, it should be a pleasure to, to be able to, for him to give us a way to be closer to him. It should be something we seek after. And the proper way of fasting as well. And, and it should be something we build on, not something that weakens over time, right? And that's one of the things that happens in fasting. Well, if I did it once for this year or this, this decade, I fasted that one time, remember? And it should be something that is built within our relationship 
on a monthly basis, on a, on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis, however you want to do it or however you decide to do it. But it should be, it should be on a regular schedule. And the reason why it should be on a regular schedule is because if you don't put it on a regular schedule, then what happens? You lose it. It's just like when you learn a foreign language, right? If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't practice it, it's harder to get back into. So when you do your three-day fast or your one-day fast, and then the next time you fast, the next month, let's say it's three days, and the next time you fast within the next month, you say it's 10 days, and I'll go for a 10-day fast. And then you start, become, you start liking it, you start enjoying it, and you say, Lord, well, I'm going to take on this challenge, and, and God, I, I can't wait to fast for 20 days. And then all of a sudden, you're building the 30 days, and there's a, there's a couple awesome guys within the... Um, the Florida District, who have talked to me about fasting long times, uh, which uh, 40 days is the max. And, um, and nobody, nobody ever fasts more than 40 days because Jesus didn't, and I'm not going to outdo Jesus. That's just how it's going to work. Um, but I also don't want to not eat for 40 days. But, you know, and, and you begin to build on it. And once you do it, it becomes easier and easier to do. Why? Because you, you, you're building upon it. And when you build upon it, you're able, to, you're able to endure more because you've already been there, right? And because I'm able to endure more and because I'm able to build my t- I, all of a sudden a 40-day fast is something that I do once a year. And the, uh, a guy, and we all know him, Joey Campatella, dude fasts all the time, and he's one of the most spiritual guys that I've ever met, and he's someone who gives incredible insight. And, um, and he, he has always got great revelation, and I've always been like, hey, man, like, you see things in a different way than most people see things, and he's just like, it's through prayer and fasting, man. He's like, I'm dumb as rocks, but he's like, through prayer and fasting, God gives me revelation. He touches my mind. When I read things, it, it, you know, I read it carnally. I, I won't ever see it, but when God illuminates it, it's, it's through prayer and fasting, and there's, there's no other way around it or, or to see it. When I get stuck in situations, and, and, uh, and I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but because I prayed and I fast and I put in my due diligence, uh, I'm able to get out of that situation because God has already laid a way out of that, that way that I can see and that I know and he gives me wisdom, and he gives me knowledge, and he, he just touches me in a way. And another guy that I talk to who fasts all the time, his name is uh, Matthew Tuttle. We, we had some fun up in West Virginia this past summer, and he just came off a 40-day fast. And I was like, you know, with my normal carnal self, I was like, yeah, that must have been rough. And he's like, no, man, it's the greatest time I've ever had. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not ready for this camp. No, <laughs> but... um. But he's like, no, it, it was fantastic. I, I, God showed me so many things that I hadn't seen before being 30 years within the, within the faith. And, and, he, and he said, you know, I, I was able to pray longer. I was able to, to be sensitive to people's needs that I've never been sensitive about. I, I've, been able to, uh, I've been able to reach into the supernatural world in a way that I've never been able to reach in the supernatural world. Why? Because our flesh can't get us there. Our flesh can't get us into that supernatural world. But when we fast and when we pray, angels begin to listen. When we fast and we pray, the Spirit of God begins to get closer and draw nigh unto you. When we begin to fast and pray and get on our knees and begin to sacrifice the things that our flesh 
loves, God begins to exercise His power in our life in a way that we've never seen before. It's powerful. Fasting and prayer. Some of these other things I'll just kind of breeze through. Because when we... When we're in that subject, in the middle and the heart of fasting and prayer, we, we're, we typically have something specific that we're fasting about, that we're praying about. And I just want to tell you guys to stay on course when it comes to those things. No matter what distraction your family or Satan or whoever might bring up, stay on course. Have a schedule set up to when you're going to read the Word of God, when you're going to pray, and then when you're going to do the things that you have to do in your normal life. Stick to it. Stay with it. See it out until the very end. Don't let anything hinder you. If your schedule gets knocked off a bit, then just rearrange some time slots and get back into it. Start praying and start fasting and, and just getting in touch with God. When you come off your prayer, this is or when you come off your fasting and your prayer, just know with expectancy in your heart that you did something in the supernatural world. Know something that God was there, that He was listening, and that something is happening. And also understand that you might be fasting for something that God will give you revelation about. And one thing that God gave me revelation about within uh, fasting and prayer was the word no. <laughs> like, God, I just, just did this for a while and it was rough, but I guess no is that answer. Okay, cool. Um, give me some revelation about that. Talk to me. Um, you know, because the word no is an answer. It's an answer. We don't like it. We don't like that answer. We live in a world where we can get anything we want at any time we want. Amazon Prime, baby, come to my front door. We can do whatever we want. And, and then when someone tells you no, whoo, talk about being offended. No, I'm my own person. Just know that God says no. And God has a reason he says no. Because his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And he has something bigger planned. Just be happy he gave you an answer. I'm grateful that he gave me an answer. Now physically, what does fasting do? And I have to close soon. Um, physically in your life, fasting is good for you. I don't know if any of you know this, um, but fasting can actually uh, help you with certain ailments within your life. First of all, food today, preservatives, all those wonderful toxins that are great, gluten, um, you know, we, we all hear about it, some of us health nuts, and when you fast, you're actually cleansing, if you're drinking water, you're cleansing those toxins out of your body, and when, you're actually resetting your body. There's a couple of stats out there. Uh, there's one stat that says if everybody would just fast for 10 days intermittently throughout the year, that it would get rid of most stomach diseases. It would get rid of most digestive diseases. Um, and that's, I, I would actually imagine that's pretty true because w some of the ways that like type 2 diabetes, people who eat themselves into diabetes, one of the ways is just by dieting properly, properly and then uh, and by fasting, um, you know, and, and it really helps you. Uh, even, even type 1 diabetes, if you eat properly and you exercise and stuff, it really helps a lot when it comes to maintaining yourself. Um, and so when you wing yourself off 
the very first thing a lot of people want to do after that nice long fast is what? Destroy yourself. <laughs> Golden Corral, here I come. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and that's not the way to do it. You have to wean yourself back on foods. And the very first thing that you want to go into are some broths, some light things, some raw vegetables. And, you know, do a couple days of that. By the time you hit your fourth day, you can start uh, going back onto whatever diet you were on before. But the big thing was, or the big thing is, is how close we got to God at that time. What I learned, or what I learned when I was closest to God in those moments in time, and if we could all stand. I know that there are some needs in here. There are some mighty needs in this place. I know there's unsaved family members in this place, and that's probably one of the greatest areas of life that we want to conquer, Right? It's showing a family member what God has done for me in my life and showing them that they need that. Or maybe there's someone who is sick and you just need to fast and pray and really get understanding about what's going on in the situation, either whether it be healing or whether God takes them home. That's an answer as well. And there's all kinds of needs across here. Maybe you just need the the ultimate peace across your life, which is God's peace. It's not my peace. I, I can never have peace within myself the way God can give me peace. Maybe you just haven't felt joy in a long time. Maybe you get angry relatively too quickly, or you have some hatred within your heart and some bitterness. I don't know what it might be, but I know that the answer is the same answer every single time. Getting closer to the one that can give me peace. Getting closer to the one that can give me hope and joy. Getting closer to the one that will fight for me when I can't fight for myself. If we could just lift our hands right now, mighty God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Right now, Lord. Put in my soul and in my heart a timetable of when you want me to fast. Lord, that I would take on the proper attitude when it comes time to, to get down on my knees and to, and to start praying for you and to rid myself of food for a few days so that I can get closer to you and to your kingdom and to your desires in my life. Mighty God, right now, Lord, give me the desire and the heart to get closer to you, to dive into your word without the poisonous world around me influencing my every thought and my every need, Lord. But that I would strip myself away from that poison and I would walk into my closet, God, where there is nothing but holiness and purity and joy and hope and faith, God, that you are there. That I would open up those 
living words that are in the word of God, that they would give me life, that they would inspire me, that they would give me strength, that they would give me hope and faith beyond what this world could see. That I could reach out with my prayers into the supernatural world. That I could bind devils, Lord, with just my tongue and, and with the Spirit of God that are coming against my family and my friends. Oh God, we live in a supernatural world, even though that we're in physical bodies, God, that angels would, would listen to our commands because we are closer to the one who commands them. Oh God, oh God, that we would sacrifice. That we would sacrifice, Lord, we would sacrifice. It's the least we could do, Lord, because you posted yourself on that cross. You did it freely. No man took your life, but you gave it for us. The least I could do is to sacrifice some food, to sacrifice this world so that I could live with you. Oh, mighty God, oh, mighty God, lift your voices all around this place. Oh, Jesus, I have needs, Lord. I have unsaved family, God. I have family members and friends who are sick. I need your help. I need your peace. I need your joy. I'm depressed myself. I'm going through loneliness myself. I'm struggling with bitterness and hatred myself, Lord. The only way I know how I can rid of it is by fasting and prayer. Getting closer, God. Getting closer to you. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We praise you, God, we praise you. Oh, let's put our hands together and just thank God right now in this place. Oh, that we would get an appetite for fasting and prayer and getting closer getting in the presence of God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, mighty God, what a, what a beautiful presence in this place. I, I, I feel it. I feel it. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. I feel God calling us in this city, which is, which is a city that's in trouble, you just look around, you walk through the mall, you go anywhere in public, you know. You know the only way I'm surviving in this place is through prayer and fasting. Is with the support group of my church. If we could just get a hold of it. Really get a hold of it. Really sacrifice this world for, for his glory. I think, I think we could turn this city upside down. All right, well, I love you all. Let's just give them one more hand clap of praise, God. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord.